right. Thank you so much, Sina. Hi, everybody. <laughs> welcome and welcome to Jim. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, so we've got um, Jim Drever, who is our monthly satsang guest. And I'll take a few moments to introduce him. I, I think Sina might have shared a little bit, but I'm not sure what she said. So I'll just uh, take a few moments as well. Uh, you, one way you may have heard of Jim is that he is in the lineup of Awakening Together Radio. So you may have heard some of his recordings if you're not already aware of his uh, weekly live songs that he offers. Uh, his resume, his earth resume includes serving as an army officer with the New Zealand artillery forces during the Vietnam War. He also worked as a chiropractor in Northern California for many years. He was on a spiritual journey for quite some time and had some awakening experiences before he met European non-dual master Jean Klein in 1984. 11 years later, in 1995, he realized he was not his ego eye or any other thought, perception, or story in his mind. Jim has now authored a few books, including End Your Story, Begin Your Life with Hampton, through Hampton, Hampton Roads, excuse me, The Way of Harmony with Avon Books, and his newest, Untriggerable, Mastering the Love and Freedom that Heals Our World. Uh, you can get a free copy or a copy of Untriggerable through his website, which is jimdriever.com for a donation of any amount. Uh, he's also taught at the Esalen Institute and elsewhere and clearly online. And uh, as I mentioned, he offers a weekly free live gathering on Zoom on Thursday evenings. Uh, as we know, which she's already doing, Sina will be posting links. And at the end of the interview, we'll share again how to learn more about Jim's work. Uh, as for the format of this interview, I'll ask him some questions and hopefully we will have listener questions as well. So just enter listen and see what you want to ask. So let's get started. Um, Jim, again, welcome. And if it feels helpful, would you please share how you ended your story and began your life? Wow. Big question. So I was in the last year of chiropractic school. I'm from, I'm from New Zealand originally. I came here to study chiropractic. Palmer College of Chiropractic in Bowdoin, Iowa. I thought my wife and I thought we'd go back to New Zealand and practice. During the last year of my practice as a chiropractor student, I um, had a health crisis, which manifested in kind of vomiting and diarrhea at the same time, and a panic attack. I realized eventually it was a panic, panic disorder. I didn't, didn't know who I was at all. And so I began the journey. I began reading books by J. Krishnamurti, Alan Watts. And then um, gradually, I, two years later, after we moved to Santa Rosa and established a practice that I had an enlightenment experience, a genuine enlightenment experience. In other words, I, I woke up one summer's morning in 1977, 
my wife's sleeping beside me. And um, I had a morning dove call outside and suddenly everything in my mind dropped away. Everything just dropped away. And I experienced life as this new thing, ever new, for just a, a minute or two. I remember saying to myself, wow, Krishna really is right. There's nothing to see. It's all right here. I crept out of my bedroom to go to my study to write about it. Of course, I'm a typewriter. I was a writer anyway. And that showed me what I was looking for. For the next 18 years, I pursued that experience of being there all the time. And I eventually moved away from Krishna Mahdi because Krishna Mahdi was a Buddha-like figure. But he, he wasn't very good at um, communicating the essence of the, the teaching to others, I think. Eventually I met John Klein in 1984, and then I studied with him for 11 years. And um, during the last few years, I only you know, saw him once or twice because I was teaching my own seminars as a chiropractor. And then one morning, I um, I got divorced from my first wife, and um, they married again. And we had a son. I got divorced from his wife. My wife, for the second time in 1990, in the summer of the spring of 1995, I woke up. My son was in his mom's house for the weekend. And I, f I felt depressed. I knew that. It, And you had to clear the depressed energy through meditation. I was about to get out of bed and go and meditate. And some years later, I thought to myself, why is this still happening to me? How come I'm not free yet? And so I closed my eyes, lay in bed, and went deeply into the interior of my own being with the question, okay, Jim, you're so depressed. Who is this muse depressed? I really wanted to find it. What I realized is it's only thoughtful that I was very identified with. I am depressed. Seeing from my wholeness, thought form dissolved, and, um, and I felt fine. But when I got up, went about my day, and the same thing happened the next morning, the next morning, three mornings in a row. After the third morning, it was all over. I'd seen that I wasn't this high, this me that we take ourselves to be. I was and am pure consciousness. And that stayed with me for the last 26 years. I just deepened. Residues can arise occasionally, more frequently, more frequently in the beginning, because we still have an ego. And we, we, we can get caught up in an old ego pattern. I remember the first time I got caught up, um, I was um, about six months later after my awakening. I noticed myself feeling sluggish one morning and 
having doubts about I think finances and um, I remember saying to myself am I losing my enlightenment and then I read something John Connor talked said about residues I, think, uh, I got it uh, residues residues of all ego parents there's still having the ego so residues of all ego parents can arise from time to time we see it and immediately it's gone. We're just left here now. So um, what, I, what, I, what I am is very present here now. And I'm telling uh, Joy and Anne, I almost didn't make it because I fell on the shower. But my, one of my worst fears was falling in the shower because I, I have Parkinson's disease and someone that's unstable when I walk. And um, I fell, I fell through through the shower curtain under the, under the floor. It took me a, literally an hour to get up, try this way, this that way, and. Um, here I am. Perfect timing. <laughs> Thank you. We are so glad. So there's something I, I want to say more about awakening. This is important. This is important for everyone to get. When you awaken, how do you know you're awake? You, you've seen it, everything between your ears. Everything comes and goes. And, and in that sense, it's only relatively real. They call it the relative reality. That's thoughts, feelings, emotions, the I thought, the ego thought, pride, vanity. Everything comes and goes, but we, as awareness, are always here. You and I, as awareness, are never not here. I remember a... Um, there's a website called nevernothere.com. I, I don't think it's around anymore. There's a guy giving non-dual interviews. And I was on that as an interview for that website. This is like 15, 20 years ago. Because we're never not here. But until we wake up, we, we tend to get lost in our story, right? And so I can sum up awakening in six words. Be present, heart open, no story. You don't need a story. When you're awake and free, you don't need any story, any story, none whatsoever. You have stories, of course, but you don't identify with them. When we meet in the place of no story, when we gaze into another's eyes, it's beautiful. Then we just, it's beautiful. We realize you are me and I am you. Regardless of skin color, cultural identity, language, 
that's kind of what drove me, like from a young age. I remember being very young and my, my parents weren't happy together. They eventually got divorced. But growing up in New Zealand, I was at the leading edge of the baby boomers. And um, I, I, I couldn't figure out, New Zealand wasn't, divorce was very uncommon in New Zealand at that stage. And my question was, why can't people get along? That's what kind of my, my basic question, which drove me in one way or another. And now I know the answer. You have to wake up. It's the only answer. Otherwise, as long as the ego is operating, it always has some withhold. Ego always withholds something. Ego always answers by its story. I'm not good enough or I am good enough. So here we are. <laughs> Jim, I, I love I love what you're sharing. And would you share for us if folks encounter any fear or holding around giving up story, uh, the identification, and that sort of existential fear that might be encountered deep within the mind or, or very obviously within the mind? Right. Well, the thing to know, uh, the, the, the knowing doesn't necessarily help matters. The thing to know, you got to keep coming back again and again to the fact that you're not your ego. And the fear of the ego, the fear of letting go, is, is only an artificial fear. It's very real, of course, when you feel it. But actually, you, um, when you really stop and be present with it, you uh, can't find the ego. I have a practice in my new book. It's actually a method I used to wake up 26 years ago. I've distilled the practice into a mantra. Who is this me who gets triggered? Who is this me that gets triggered? Or who is this me that gets afraid? Who is this me that gets anxious? Who is this me that feels guilty? Who is this me that feels shame? Whatever, whatever the issues for you in this moment, you can, that's your issue. Who is this me who gets whatever? Then you close your eyes and go within, look for that me. This is the essential point about awakening. Yeah, and this is where you have to be serious. You have to really focus. But you look inwardly, close your eyes, and just try and find this me who gets anxious, for example. And I promise you, you won't be able to find it. The me doesn't exist other than as a thought form, a story. You can't find it other than this thoughtful story or concept. Of course, with a feeling associated with it, 
that the feeling exists, the feeling of fear, for example, for example, exists because the um, we, we believe we're believing the story. And so and that's how I work with people in my private sessions. I keep bringing them back to where they're not yet free. And um, they get freer. And as one gets free, then deeper stuff comes up. And that has to be looked at too. And deeper and deeper stuff until one day grace happens and you're, you've seen that the my God, I'm not any story. My God, I'm not my ego. I'm this here now. And that's freedom. And that's freedom is the most wonderful thing in the world. True, true and freedom. And there is a wonderful story in your book about uh, when you were having a moment and you went into the bathroom and you saw a message that you had taped up from Jesus. Would you share that story with yes. us? Yeah, good. And actually, that was a story that um, I wasn't quite awake then, but I was looking, seeking awakening, of course. This is in 19... Uh, maybe 1990, maybe 1990. Anyway, so, um, actually, I think we did, we'd done magic mushrooms that day. And so uh, I, I spent a couple of years exploring magic, magic mushrooms, psychedelics, LSD, MDMA, this path of waking. And eventually left them all behind me but they, they're valuable. So this is a couple of years when I was doing psychedelics. And um, I went to, I remember my ex-wife was visiting my first wife and I in a home in Santa Rosa. And, and I said, there was great sadness that the, the relationship hadn't worked out. So I excused myself because I didn't want to let people see my emotion. But my two wives, one of my ex, see my emotion. So I went into the bathroom. I sobbed in the bathroom, just feeling really free to sob. And then I looked at this saying of Jesus on the side. I read, Love your enemies, uh, love your energies, love your energies. And I thought to myself, love your energies? Jesus didn't say that. I looked closer and said, no, love your enemies. But I really thought the, uh, I, I got that uh, the real message was to love your energies, love your sadness, love your pain, love your aloneness. I went back in happy camper and shared what I the inside I just had actually. And so that forms the basis of um, untriggerable because to be untriggerable, you have to have faced everything uh, 
everything you're afraid of or don't don't look at the not so pretty parts of yourself. You gotta face it all. In fact, I write in the book Untriggerable. Um you eventually you have to say to yourself, and eventually you find yourself eagerly, happily saying to yourself, bring it on, bring it on. I want to see what I'm not yet free. <laughs> it takes that kind of enthusiasm, really. Because freedom is, is that's what happens when you go deep enough, you come out, you, you just find more freedom. And the freedom is the greatest blessing. So Maybe, brilliant. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. We, we call it enlightenment or awakening, but I call it freedom, self-realization. Those are all exotic words. It's simply being free inwardly. And then you you take that free freedom with you wherever you go. For example, I was my fall in the shower thought crossed my mind. And I know uh, clock in the shower and um, no no method of communication. My cell phone wasn't there. I thought across my mind, what, what do I end up? I can't get up and end up sleeping there. And I thought to myself, oh, I'll deal with that when it happens. Come back to now. You always come back to being here now. I, so I knew that how I get up, I can roll onto my stomach and give it up into my knees. I can get, pull myself up that way. And that's what it was eventually able to do. Moment by moment. I have um, one more question for now, and then I will open it up and see if uh, anyone in the audience has a question. Uh, so in, in the book, and and your story, Begin Your Life, you make the lovely statement that beginner's mind is not something you acquire. It is your natural state of being. This is a gorgeous direct invitation into experiencing what is, and you've given us such a powerful example of something that might not seem like a, a happy happening and staying in that beginner's mind. Uh, with what happened just before this interview started. Yes. Yeah. So that's what happens in the, in the, the physical world, the real world of human interaction and bodies. I had a fall, and uh, if I had been unawake, I mean, that's how I reacted. Very. And I just plodded along one moment at a time. I finally figured out a way to get myself up and get myself here. And I, uh, I'll, I'll drink to that. Yes. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Yeah. <laughs> Real water. <laughs> and as Jim is drinking to that, does, would anyone like to ask Jim a question? And Sina, if you can uh, help me keep an eye on the screen. Thank you. Anybody here? 
uh, I'd love to ask a question. Okay, okay. we've got a question from Anne. Okay, great. Hey, my friend. Hey, Anne. Good to see you. And I, and again, uh, we're just so pleased that uh, that you got up, <laughs> that you found the way, and here we are. Um, so. Uh, I took some notes on what you said, and so I'll just I'll just start with that. Um, everything between your ears comes and goes. So thoughts and emotions and I thoughts, ego thoughts, and um, we are awareness. And if we have the presence to keep checking, I can confirm that that's here. Am I aware now? Am I aware now? I mean, the more I check, the more I'm confident that it's here, which doesn't mean that a story won't come. And so uh, on the one hand, we're never not here. And on the other hand, as you said, until we wake up, we tend to get lost in the story. And you've given us um, that, you know, the, the kind of the, the kind of quintessential uh, and, and we've, study a lot of Ramana Maharshi here, which is, of course, you know, who, who is lost in that story? Um, who, who is lost in fear? Who, who thinks they have to fix this right now? Like, who, and then really intending to, to find that. And then, as you said, I think something like, trust me, you're not going to find it, but it's, it's the looking that, that shows that. So to my question, my question is what to do. And if there's some kind of whatever you could offer to when there is just not enough presence, when I am not resourced enough, when I say, who sees this? Who sees this? And, and, that, and that just becomes this house of mirrors that makes more thoughts that says I'm doing it wrong or it's not working. You know, sometimes I can tell if I'm not with whatever's happening sufficiently, if I go to that um, self-inquiry prematurely, it can actually churn up what, what's happening between my ears. And I'm not in touch with the fact that it's temporary. I'm kind of now lost in the, what seems like a practice to bring me out seems to be bringing me in more. And nice. so I just wanted to, that's what's here to, to ask you to speak to, if you, can, if you would. I'm, I'm gonna ask you to rephrase the question. Then I'll answer. Put, okay. To me, in other words. Sure. When I ask who sees this, and I don't see anything, I don't see that, it feels like I'm here. It feels like I'm the one that's panicked. Who's here? Who sees it? Me, the panicked one. Right. When I don't have the presence to have any separation between story and awareness or beingness or presence. And when it's, when it's that kind of sticky and tight, how's those words? Good. So this is where you have to have a lot of trust and faith. You you to trust that you your true nature is um, what I say it is, or what some other awakened teacher says it is. So that's one one thing you can do. You you can say, for example, me. Jim says. I'm not my ego. So you live that. You can live it. And if, you, if you're not doing so well with the living, be easy on yourself. Be kind to yourself. Soften. 
this above all is a teaching of heart, kindness. I remember Aldous Huxley at the end of his life was asked a question. He's the interviewer said, Huxley, you're an old man, you're, you're dying now. And you've explored all these wisdom traditions. What piece of wisdom can you give us? And he said, try to be kinder. Try to be kinder. So that's a good start. And then you really look, maybe you need to take a walk or take, do something else. And then come back to the question. And it happens in a moment of genuine openness. That's another way of describing what awakening is, actually. You just open. You're open to everything. You're open to the unknown. Like right near, here, here, right now. This is it. So just feel the energy of now. We're all united in this energy on this call, right? We're awakening together. And it's a beautiful thing to uh, realize, well, it is easy when you just hear and the presence of someone is really present. Breathing and being, breathing and being. So does it help, does it help Anne? Oh yes, yes, it's, it's just a, a gorgeous, uh, let me, I'll share with everyone else another thing you said, uh, the last meeting I believe I was with you, uh, the, the Zoom meetings on Thursday night, um, uh, I, I I believe you said something like um, the the words are the teaching, uh, the pointing, and the the silence is the transmission. Yes, beautiful. Yeah, and uh, it's a, it's just with enormous gratitude that I thank you for sharing that how the gym can language this so uh, so precisely. So. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome, sister. So what would be good if someone is willing to share an actual issue that they have and then I show how it would work with that? Like, where is someone not yet free? And are they willing to, are you willing to look at it right here now on this call? I, I promise you, you'll get freer. Maybe you'll get free all the way. Okay, no. we, got, we got some. All right, there we go. We've got a volunteer. Here we go. You're going to face right here. You're doing good. Okay, I have no idea what I'm gonna say here, Jim. 
Hi, Jim. My name's Jim. Name? Joe. Joe. Joe, yeah. Is you seated comfortably? Yeah. Good. The oxygen went away. <laughs> Good to see you, Joe. Okay. Um, so I signed up for this retreat a long time ago, several months ago, and it felt right. And, and I, I love this place, and I love these people in Regina. And um, the last couple of weeks, I have, there's some health issues going on, right? And uh and the mind was just going nuts about, you know, you need to not do this. Just stay home. Stay, you know, and, and there just wasn't any clarity. I mean, there's a lot of confusion. I won't say there wasn't any clarity. A lot of confusion. Um, and so finally, what I, like just Thursday, Friday, Friday, I just, you know, asked the fear you know, ask the fear, what would you have me do? Because <laughs> that's what I was in touch with was the fear. And it said, stay, stay in your room. You'll be safe there. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I'm here. I drove from, you know, 400 miles from Kansas City to be here. I thought, well, I'm just going to do the opposite of what that said. Stay in your room. Mm. Stay here. <laughs> and so uh, I'm here and I'm safe. Um, but on the way here, and I guess this is, um, yesterday in the car, I drove for two days. Yesterday in the car, I asked, you know, what the focus was going to be for me for this retreat to be here. What can I focus, what the focus would be? And one of the things that came to mind is, is something from A Course in Miracles that says, the ego literally lives by comparisons. Right. And, um, there was another teaching I heard recently about one of the obstacles on the spiritual path is, is comparing in a competitive way, right? Oh. Um, and I, I mean, I, I knew exactly what this guy was talking about. Part of my upbringing was I, I was raised in a violent environment mm. um violent very you know i mean violence there's competitiveness in that in the violence i mean just you know competing for stuff and, and um and so that was part of my programming mm. um, and so what i was what i felt i was given to do was to recognize when the comparisons are happening this person has more this person is more you know and, and and whatever feeling comes up from that is just to surrender that feeling, just to surrender that feeling of being not enoughness, being unworthy, being less than. Um, um, you're an idiot comes to mind. That's one of the things that shows up. Um, it's you're stupid for sitting in this chair saying this stuff right now. Right. Um, and when that feeling comes up, it's a real heavy, um, just a heat. I mean, just the whole, I mean, um, 
yeah, I don't know how to put words to that. Right. Um, the the I mean, I hear folks say that you know by by being authentic with this stuff and showing up with it, being willing to share it, you know, it's it's going to. I don't know that I have trust in that though. I mean, I'm willing to sit here and say this stuff. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to be saying this for you know till they bury me. How old are you, Joe? 67. That's another part of the story. I started too little too late. That's what runs too. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. There's only yeah. now for the... What's there's that? There is only now. Age is irrelevant. This is the essential insight of uh, awakening. My God is only now. I'm not my ego that comes and goes. I'm not my story which comes and goes. I'm not my shame which comes and goes. I'm not my self-judgment which comes and goes. I'm always this beautiful, aware, open person who's here right now in this very moment. And that's what you are, Joe. You're just like the rest of us. You're a beautiful human being. Maybe you don't quite see it yourself yet, but you'll discover it. Is it, it you have more days of retreat to go? Yes. Yes, it just starts tomorrow. So Okay. So listen, when you're doing your practice, I would suggest you make this your practice. Maybe you start judging yourself as being no good or whatever. Just step back behind yourself. This is more the real you. Step back a few inches above and behind your head. And just notice that thought, self-judging thought coming and going. Each time you judge yourself, step back. Just notice that thought coming and going, but you, the noticing, are always here. How does that resonate? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, there, there, yeah, there's no more words. I don't. Beautiful. This, this is why the teaching is in the words. The trans, transmission is in the silence. And so you'll work between now and when you finally wake up is to trust this moment. Just trust this moment now. Come back to now. You'll discover the, the joy of now. I remember when I was working as a security guard at the uh, art museum 
here in Santa Barbara for a couple of years. I am, um, this is, I stopped working at uh, about four years ago, I guess. I was in a relationship and I need, needed to make extra money because living in Santa Barbara was expensive. So I worked 20 hours a week as a security guard. And um, this woman came and took over the whole gallery as, as for an exhibit. She's from, she's an architect from uh, Brazil. She's very, very talented, very accomplished. And the exhibit was titled This Moment, uh, Any Moment Now, Any Moment Now. That was the title of the exhibit. And I thought to myself, hmm, any moment now is okay, but really for an awakened person, it has to be this moment now. Yeah. And this moment now. And it, I experimented with it when I started getting lost in a story of any kind. I say to myself, this moment now, and I come right back to here now. I experienced a little spurt in my understanding. Really, it is just this moment now. This moment now. This moment now, brother. This is, this is your mantra for the next rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome, bro. Love you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jim. Is anyone else feeling a question bubbling in? I have one of just what you were speaking of and just that we are the stillness and you say it so beautifully in End Your Story, Begin Your Life, that we are the exquisite fragrance or the exquisite fragrance of stillness reveals itself. Mm. I know for me, it's just an unbelievable sense of deep well-being, that, that fragrance. Right. Could you share uh, with, with beings who may not yet fully realize this or have had experiences or may still believing the frustration thoughts uh, yeah. on oneself. Yeah. Well, what I, I, do I want to say about that? Yeah, just whatever. Yeah, yeah. let me just, uh, as we sink back into being, You know, Krishnamurti, I said that he wasn't a great teacher in the sense he, at the end of his life, he said, does anybody get this? The true beauty in life. He was in touch with the true beauty in life, definitely. And I remember his definition of meditation, very short, very exquisite. He said, meditation is the ending of thought. Only then is, it, is there a dimension which is beyond time. Meditation is the ending of thought. 
Only then is it a different dimension which is beyond time. When we're awake and free, we're always meditating. We, we, we don't have to meditate because we're all in a state of meditation. And that's the, the, the exquisite fragrance of being reveals itself. Christian Mary called it the benediction. It was one word for it. I call it the fragrance of being. Beautiful. We have another question. Yes. Hi, Jan. Hi there. What's your name? Jan. Jan. Yes. My mother had Parkinson's disease, and my older brother does also. And pardon me if this feels like a personal question, but I suspect it won't phase you. But is there anything you can put into words about how your quote unquote, you, your relationship to your body in terms of how, um, anything you have to say about that, uh, just in the situation that you're in? with your body and if if that has taught you anything or anything you have to say or share yeah okay well uh eight years after i woke up i had three strokes i had to quit my chiropractic practice the third stroke put me in hospital for six days, UCSF and Panassas in San Francisco. And um, for, an, for an intensive care, when I came home from a friend picked me up and took me back home from the hospital, I couldn't move the right side of my face. I couldn't smile on the right side. I um. And some people didn't, didn't know me very well said to me, you must have been terrified. And I would say to them, no, I'm not terrified. So I'm working out to my true nature. There's no terror. Death happens, it happens. It happens to all of us. Anyway, so uh, but it didn't happen. But I had to have 36 sessions of speech therapy. I did. Took me about two years to recover, and even then, my right side is impaired. My right hip, my right leg, can't use my right arm. And then the Parkinson's I discovered about a year ago, I began developing these tremors. So, that's what is. Thank God I can still be here and contribute, right? 
Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I've had a good life. I mean, I've been married and divorced twice, been with a lot of women in my life. <laughs> been skiing, windsurfing, went to all the places I wanted to go to. I um, I took a nine-month trip with my second wife through Asia. I saw my chiropractic practice and went through to Asia in 1983, specifically looking for enlightenment. And my girlfriend back then later became my second wife, mother of our son. Didn't really want to go into an enlightenment journey, but she wanted to be with me, so she went. Because I was gone with, I was looking for enlightenment. That was my, that was a journey. Then I came back and uh, I realized I hadn't found any permanent enlightenment. So, but it was, I'd seen things that uh, helped chip away at the facade called Jim Driver. And uh, eventually I found what I was looking for. Thank you for everything that you've shared. Thank you. You're welcome. Let me just ask you something. So how free are you? What a question. <laughs> how free am I? Camera's right here. Yes. Yeah. My mind wants to answer it, but I refuse to go there. <laughs> yeah. Not free enough. At least, at least I uh, don't believe that I've experienced the freedom that you speak of. So what's your, where are you not yet free, do you think? Well, what's one area that you feel you're not free? Wow. I hardly know how to answer that simple question. Make a stab. Make a stab. Okay. I uh I think that uh I'm still thinking that that's something that I have to get to that there's some place to go or something that I need to do 
Right. So I guess what I'm seeing is uh, I'm not being present because if I let that all go, why can't I accept what's here right now? Right. And it, as freedom because it's here and yes. uh, yeah yes beautiful yes freedom is here right now we are free right now thank well, you thank you for supporting that <laughs> and knowing that thank you sweetie thank you love you Love you too. Beautiful. That brings in a, a question that I had about wantings and with, with no guilt or shame for the experiences that, that we may have that where there's still a wanting of the world or a wanting of anything that holds our awareness out of the moment. Uh, would you like to share on that? Any of your own personal experiences with that or your experience as a facilitator? Yes, good. I have a section of my book, um, a lesson in my book, Untriggerable, called Dancing with Desire. And I talk about the nuns and monks I've known who burned with the sexuality but couldn't express it because of the vows of chastity. The thing about awakening is this. Once you're awake, you realize anything goes. So there's only one rule for an awakened person. Do no harm. Do no harm to self or other. Otherwise, anything goes. Could you repeat that? Do no harm. Do no harm to Do self harm. or other. Thank you. That's it. And you can have free reign to do whatever. Right, right now, this stage of my life, before my health issues. I'm just interested in sharing the message of awakening. That's enough for me right now. The good news is the Bible called. The good news is we are totally free in this moment now. I see Rhoda has her hand up and then Cindy after that. Okay, Rhoda. Thank you, Joy. Hello, Jim. Pleasure hey. to meet you. You too, Joy. I, uh, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm watching this belief that I keep dancing with. And that is that somehow something will be different in form 
if I am clear all the time. Right. And uh, it feels very sticky and it's very uncomfortable because I keep looking at it form and seeing nothing changes. And I know that it's not true intellectually, but I don't think it's gone from, from the head to the heart. Uh-huh. It feels like it wouldn't keep rising up. So I wonder if you might have anything to say about this sticky sort of, I must not be doing it right because everything's still the same in form thing. Yes. Well, the perfect Zen quote for you. Yay. Maybe you write this down. Okay, I'm getting in my pen. Don't go away, hold on. Okay. All right, got my pen, got my paper. Ready. After enlightenment, comma, nothing changes. Comma, but everything is somehow different. After enlightenment, nothing changes, but everything is somehow different. Nothing changes in your life life because you still have your circumstances. You still have your relationships. You still have your job. If you have a job, you still live where you live. But what's different is that now you see everything with total clarity. You see everything with a pure beingness. And then the more you see that, the more you see with pure beingness, pure presence, pure openness, then changes, if, you, if that's what you want, you, you make them. Comprende? So, Maybe. <laughs> How's that for an answer? Maybe. Um, I see someone writing in the chat, you, you see the world differently, but it's still the same. Is that what you're pointing to? Yeah. Yes. Kind of. Kind of. Okay. Then maybe I need to listen again. Yes. And listen to your need to do something more. Mm-hmm. That's the ego speaking, mm-hmm. subtle ego, or not so subtle, maybe. The ego is, a, the, ego is the problem. Mm-hmm. You still have an ego, but you have to see that you're not it. Come back to now. Come back to this moment now, sister. Only now. Only only this moment is real. You've got to see that. If If you're lost in your story, that's not it. Right? The ego 
it's addicted to its story. And when things are going well, the, the ego is happy. When things are not going well, the ego is anxious. You've got to see that you're not your ego. You have an ego, but you're not your ego. The more you see that, the more you realize this is it. There's only now. And uh, believe me, it feels good to be here now. It feels a little bit like there's a, a level of trust and faith that you're you're pointing to. Yeah, there is. Can you say anything about? Yes. Increasing trust and faith. So I um, during my psychedelic years, which is two years from 1982 to 83. Mm -hmm. I, I owned a home in Santa Barbara, Santa Rosa, practice chiropractic. Mm -hmm. Not in my home, but I, I was living with my girlfriend who became my second wife. And we did, I did some magic mushrooms. Mm -hmm. She didn't do them. And I was sitting outside, we, we had an in-ground swimming pool with some rocks. And um, I, was, I was tripping and setting these rocks. And of course, the rocks were moving, pulsating, which happens on magic mushrooms. And suddenly, I saw this writing appear, English cursor. And it said, I am beyond man. Uh, and I, I rushed inside to tell Barbara, hey, the, the rock is, has a message for me. And she said, go and look at it deeper. Look deeper, look deeper. She, that was always her message, look deeper. So I went back. And sure enough, words came out. I am beyond man. New life abounds. Trust. I am beyond man, new life abounds, trust. And then message disappeared. Of course, the Latin word for men is mind. So I'm beyond the mind. New life abounds, trust. And the more you trust, I promise you, the more you trust, The more everything works out. Like me making this call today, for example. I mean, I, 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 had, to, I had to get myself up. Otherwise, I'd still be there. It's a beautiful thing to trust completely. And you trust because you're awake now. And trust is the very essence of being awake and free. All right, sister. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank you. Cindy, please. Cindy. Hi, Jim. Hey there. I kept saying I don't have a question and I feel very free. I um I came to the satsang because um I was sitting at a dinner with 10 people in awakening together, including Joy and and Anne and a couple others that are here on Thursday. And Anne was describing her experience with you. And all she kept saying, his teaching is so simple and he's a bright light, you know? And I wanted to come and just sort of feel the light and, and I do. And uh, mostly I just wanted to say thank you. Um, I didn't know about your health issues. So I'm sitting here also feeling somewhat emotional because I, um, a friend who comes to a weekly meeting, I run of people who study and hang and discuss this stuff, um, left his body this morning wow. um, as a result of his experience with Parkinson's and Parkinson's dementia. And there's something about um, just being in your space and your light and uh, feeling your peace. And it feels more like peace and trust. And so mostly I just wanted to say thank you. And um, yeah, thank you for sharing your message and and for um, questioning the triggers and doing what you do. Um, that's all I think I wanted to say. Other than thank my you. heart's beating like a thousand miles a minute and I don't quite have a conscious reason for that. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Cindy. We have another wonderful question. Yeah. Hi, I'm Sharon. Um, life is free. And pretty much go through life without concepts, without getting hung up. I definitely have ego and I definitely have talking at me. Uh, but as those concepts go away, there are times when everything just collapses. So before it's like, I can feel that I am the it, the being, I am everything, I am you, I am Rama Maharshi, I, I am. And then when I say, what is it like without concept? It just collapses. So there's like no separation. There's... Um, no, I am, right? There's like an isness. Right. <laughs> Any tips, tricks to keep that going, to increase it, to make it, um, to make it more all the time? I guess that's my question. Does that collapse? Does, does that no separation eventually become full time? If so, tips and tricks to get there. And with psychedelics, because I've never done any, uh, would that actually help the process? Oh, I, I never recommend that people do psychedelics, but obviously I've done them myself. And, uh, and I smoke marijuana too, but I haven't actually done that for like six months or so. That's when it moved to be more Totally sober. I'll, I'll drink a glass of wine, of course. 
بلسم so do you need, do you need any story of any kind to know that you're free no i don't have a story um i no my story is i guess my story is is that that collapse of nothingness comes and goes I'll just experiment what it's like being, being without any story. Even the story about the collapse of nothingness coming and going. Then the collapse always is. Or, and that's a story. Ah, okay. And so what is it like without even the collapse, without even the story of a collapse? Right. So, so you're just pure being. Right. Like right now. And this place that we're in the call. I'm just being with, uh, uh, without any story. I feel one with the universe, one, one with life. I feel love. My heart is very open. I feel love toward everyone. It's great to hang out in the space. It is kind of boring for everybody else, though. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. But, you know, I, I generally watch a movie at night, Netflix, sometimes another channel. I just uh, almost done with a series of uh, Netflix series made in Spain called The Patience of Dr. Garcia. Good uh, movie, good series. So I'm very much in the world. And I, I was gonna take a walk before this call, but I got my exercise in the bathroom, trying to get up on the <laughs> So I just made the call in time. So I figured I'm taking my walk tomorrow. Hmm. I feel like, I, oh, uh, Kelly, please go ahead. Another question. For being here with us. You're welcome. I have, I have a story about uh, not ever being able to awaken because I resist meditation so drastically. And so I would ask you, what role does meditation take in, in awakening? 
What, what do you resist in meditation? Um, it's just the experience of myself, I think, more than anything. I, um, I, I have a hard time committing to the time and getting through the, um, the energies that are there or the thoughts that are there, especially when I am triggered, um, like recently, a lot of fear, a lot of terror. Um, and I, I find it very hard to sit within that and wait for it to pass. Right. So not very free. Right. Well, meditation, fortunately, you, you, you don't need to meditate you, you, to wake up. People meditate for 30 years, 40 years, and they're still not awake. My, my own story about my awakening, meditation was the my practice. But I woke up through not meditation, but through inquiring deeply into myself. Who is this me if it gets depressed? So it's not about meditating, it's about coming back to the present moment. So when you when you you're lost in your story, when you realize you're lost, that's your signal to come back to this moment now. This moment now. Only this moment now. Only this. It certainly isn't so scary right here in this moment now. Beautiful. You. Thank you. You're welcome, sister. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Beautiful. I saw a hand up, but it, it went away. So that's mine. That was my hand. I I put it up and then um I didn't want to take up time, but my um I thought Jim was going to be on that subject for a while, so I took my hand down. But I just wanted to say hi to Jim because he's so amazing, and I just love his Thursday night um, meetings. And I just I also wanted to thank everyone who shared. Um, really beautiful thing. I did ask the question earlier about trust. I you know. Um, amazing. I, I don't know that I would call it awakened, but I definitely found lots of freedom in most of the areas that I know that I had issues in. And I'm free in a lot of areas. There are certain areas I'm not yet free and I'm working through them and um, I'm, I'm trusting that they'll occur when they do. But when the topic of trust came up, uh, when uh, Rhoda, I think it was Rhoda that was sharing about, and he said, trust. Um, 
working with people, I have a hard time describing that if you're working trust in, um, I know what I would trust in, but it's different for everyone. And um, Sonia, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, said that trust is the very essence of being awake and free. That is beautiful. Um, but what would be when the person has uh, struggling with trust, what's their block to becoming awakened? Um, I started to find words for that thing for me that's different. It's trusting in the energy that is all things and that I am loved and that everything is fine just the way it is, despite ego saying otherwise. But each of us have to find that place differently. So, Jen, when you talked about trust, um, is there anything particular that we can trust in? Because if we don't want to trust in things that are not trustworthy, right? There are things that we probably would not benefit from trusting. So, what would you say is safe to trust? What trusting in what specifically? It brings us to that freedom. Yeah, good, good question. So, when you awaken free, you trust totally in life. And if you, and like like most people, you live in the, the regular world, and uh, somebody's unreliable, you you can trust them to be unreliable. Just be aware of that. You, you, if someone's unreliable, you can trust them to be unreliable. Well, I've been trusting that at everyone's core, at their true inner being, they are perfect. And I will not be seeing with my eyes the part of the, the, the divine part of them. But I trust that it's in there. And I live from that. I, I'm, of course, a miracle student. That has been very powerful for me. Um, but I, I know that there are other people who are wasting but don't see it that way. So we're all unique and yet the same. So are you suggesting um, if, if someone this is I don't have this feeling, but I have a close friend who trusts that there's corruption in the world. And I huh? You you your sound is a bit distorted. All of a sudden, or all of since I've been here. So, what was the last thing you said? I have a friend who trusts that there's corruption in the world, which I don't doubt, but I don't want to focus on that. Right. I trust that where there is corruption, there is also love. 
But I don't focus on the corruption. I focus on the love. I focus on the beauty. I focus on the wonder. I focus on the divine parts of things. So would you say that that's what I trust in? That for me, the trust is in the divine? Or is there something better to trust? And, and there's a comment that says, um, well, the, the ego cannot trust. So whenever I'm trusting, I'm always trusting in true self. Which is absolutely beautiful. And that simplifies it. Um, if I'm working with someone who is asking for guidance and comfort, they don't know their true self yet. They're not aware of it. Um, when they have resistance to something, is it? Uh, I in the, in the in the desire not to do harm, I don't want to give them advice that would be harmful to them. So I just sometimes question um, just because I feel that way doesn't mean that that's going to help them. So I don't want to. I I trust in myself, but when I'm working with another person, like when you you do so so beautiful work working with others. Um, the whole question is starting to collapse for me, like it's irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Just take it from me when you when you wake truly awake and free, you trust in the universe, you trust the divine. That I do. At the same time, um when you buy a new car, you want to make sure that all the paperwork is in good order, right? Or, Absolutely. It's, uh, as the uh, Sufis say, trust in Allah, but tether your camel first. I know. Trust in God, but not the car. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I. I I oftentimes find myself getting discombobulated is the word, trying to be that that which I am, that light, that love, just living in the world. But that's the ego stuff, and I work for it somehow. But it feels so good to be in your presence, Jim, and all the beautiful people here. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, so, Jim, um, we're getting a little bit closer to our time. Um, so we want to know if you have any last uh, words of guidance for us before we let people know more about you, how to reach you. Okay, yeah, I see you. So um, this moment now, come, always come back to this moment now. Everything starts from here now. Everything begins from now. This adventure on.
there's a journey called life. It starts and ends now. The more you get that, the more you see that you're not your story. You have a story, but you're not your story. It's been a beautiful sharing this with you, sharing satsang. I like the name of your group, Awakening Together, because we're all, we're, we're all awake and we come to satsang to realize that. You're, you're a beautiful group of people. I feel happy to be sharing this message with you. Thank you, Jim. We're hearing lots of thank yous behind yes. me. The whole group is saying thank you to you right now. Thank you. And I'd be happy to do it again. So anytime. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, for anyone who would, would like to experience more of Jim live, he offers a free uh, satsang called Welcome to Now <laughs> every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain. He's on the West Coast, so I'll say 6 p.m. Pacific. <laughs> it's donation-based, but you can just show up. Um, and uh, his website, jimdrever.com, which Sina has been so great about posting those links in the, in the chat. Uh, again, his books include, and I'm not sure I held it up, um, this is one of them, End Your Story, Begin Your Life, uh, The Way of Harmony, and his newest, Untriggerable, Mastering Love and Freedom That Heals Our World. And that, if you just email him uh, for a donation of any amount, he'll send you a PDF of that book. It's not; It hasn't been published quite yet. So is there anything else from Awakening Together, folks, or Jim? Yeah, I have something more to share. The, um, if you want the book Untriggerable, you just go to my website and donate button on the extreme right. Just donate any amount you feel comfortable with. And um, I get a message from PayPal about the donation I'll send you the book. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, much, Tim. Here's the here's the group. <laughs> Come together, guys. <laughs> right. Happy, happy to meet you all. Love you guys. Have a beautiful evening and take great care. Yeah. I don't know about the shower. I'm going to be more careful when I shower now. Hopefully it'll last a few days. <laughs> it does for me. <laughs> oh, God bless you. You thank you, Joy, for hosting this event. And again, there's only now. There's no story. It's only now. Keep your heart open. Love you. Love you. Mm. Bye.